Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 28. 28, sorry, I'm just going to have to move yeah. the microphone closer, guys. There sorry. we go. Hi! Woo! Happy uh, Halloween! Halloween. Ooh, where's my uh, sound effect? There you go. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. That's not what I wanted, actually. But oh, well. Okay. That's <laughs> <laughs> fine. Yes, it's uh, by the time you guys get this, it would have been all Halloween. Yeah, and be All Saints Day. That's right. So, happy Halloween, happy All Saints Day, happy Samhain to our fellow pagans and uh, all those who uh, celebrate. Who knows? I forgot. I did not know that one. Well, I knew it, but I had forgotten Mm -hmm, that one. mm -hmm. This is the best time of the year, so... Personally, I think it's the best time of the year. Yeah, the fall falls the best. And I like Halloween. I know what I do like November 1st, 4th, though, too. Discount candy day. And, oh my gosh, and all the like decorations are cheap, too, right. which yep. is great. But sad thing is, like, when you go, all the Christmas stuff is ready. So. Uh, that, yeah, I'll keep that. I don't think it should be a flap to Remembrance Day, but that's my personal opinion. No, and I think that's what everybody feels the same way. Like, oh, I think Christmas stuff should be held until after yep. Remembrance Day that's just respectful come on people come on so yeah so we'll <laughs> I'm going over a little sorry. Christmas before Halloween um, sorry <laughs> Christmas before Halloween yeah our mix welcome to episode 28 yeah we're kind of doing a bit of a traditional episode today yeah we're um, actually going to go to stories and no more turkey talks yeah <laughs> I make no promises <laughs> I make sure. no promises about the oh, evilness that is turkeys gobble 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 I am going to go out west today, though, with my story. Where are you? I am staying local. Nice. Nice. <laughs> I am just staying local. I'm staying local. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about this place. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. <laughs> Do you want me to go first today? Sure. Okay. So I'm kind of excited about mine because I didn't know too much about it until I started researching it today. It's the Fort Gary Hotel in Winnipeg, Manitoba. So apparently, I didn't know about this place at all, but apparently it's super famous, super luxe, but I will get into that. So basically, the Fort Gary Hotel, can it's one of those hotels that you see and you're like, yes, this is a grand hotel. Mm-hmm. It's got every amenity you can imagine. It's been operating for over 100 years, and it's actually a historical landmark now. So they can't tear it down. I'm just picturing like in those like... Like I said, luxuries building, like the Waldorf Astoria, when yeah. it was kind of like the York. Well, it was part. built in 1913. Okay. So okay. it's that time, beautiful time period. Oh. And it was originally called the Selkirk, but they changed it to name it after Upper Fort Gary, which was the junction of Red and another river I can't remember, but it was like a big trading hub bub. Hmm. And Winnipeg was actually the richest city in Canada by 1912. I didn't know that, but I guess because of all the trade coming through with the railroad. I was going to say, what was the main, I guess, the import yeah. of, like, getting stuff or exporting stuff? Both, I guess. Both, okay. But, like, it had a huge draw, and, like, people like Liberace, Queen Elizabeth, George V, Laurence Olivier, Louis Armstrong, they all stayed there. Oh, So wow. it was, like, the place to be back in the day. Huh. And it's rumored that it has the remains of a train station underneath it. Whether it was ever operational or not, it's just... For those of you who don't know um, Manitoba, it's... Like, they are tough people. It can get down to negative 40 at winter, like, in a blink of an eye. Like, Mm -hmm. that's not abnormal for them. So Mm -hmm. a lot of the things are covered, so it makes sense. But Mm -hmm. that's digressing. When it was built, it was 10 floors... It's 10 floors tall, it still is. But it was really unusual because, A, it was the tallest hotel in Canada at the time. Hmm. Or maybe not Canada, but at least in Winnipeg. I know it was 
up there. And every room had its own ensuite bathroom, which for us, we assume that's the way it should be. Mm-hmm. But back then, that was highly unusual. That was a very fancy Oh, fancy, fancy. Now, the cool thing about this place is it's still operational. You can go onto their website and book a room tonight. Oh. So you can actually go there. And if you have stayed there, I want to know. I want to see pictures of this place. Oh, yeah. It's really pretty. Like, especially, like, the juxtaposition, like, from then to now. Like, and just to go, because a lot of these places have, like, the lobbies have, like, the historic pictures you can Mm -hmm. see. And all I'm thinking right now is the Onlook Hotel. The Royal Hotel, sorry, from The Shining. That's what I'm picking right now. <laughs> well, you know what? They have a really informative website. So if you guys check them out, their actual official website, they got lots of links and lots of media. Ooh. for. And that's one thing I got to say. They have fully embraced their haunted that's hauntedness. Cool. Their uh, website actually has includes links to articles that talk about the hauntedness of the hotel, if that's a word. <laughs> this is one reporter. When she asked the hotel clerk about it when she went to stay, mm-hmm. her quote was, the hotel clerk very, it was very blase about like handing her the pamphlet that explained like the haunting it's probably some like descriptive like teenager who's like probably like whatever here we go let's take it apparently the travel manitoba which is like their tourism board was really ahead of this paranormal tourism curve back in the day so they they fully embraced it there's a few stories and quite a few hauntings the most famous is room 202 that's where most of the stories occur but there's been quote-unquote happenings in the lobby and in the hallways but we'll get into that in a bit so jennifer bain who's a reporter for the toronto star stayed at the hotel in 2017 mm-hmm. and when she kind of pressed the hotel staff for stories and things like that she said most of it was just either you know just speculation or before our time here these things happen so it's hard to get a good mm-hmm. concrete mm-hmm. example but probably the most notorious one would be in 2014 when Ontario Liberal MP Brenda Chamberlain twice felt a present get in bed with her when she was staying in room 202. Huh. And her saying this actually made headline news for a brief time. Really? Across national news. So that's kind of the most famous. So it's actually nice to be a politician in the news for something not like for scandalous, right? like, yeah. <laughs> like money embezzlement or like, like, you know, like there's something like scandals that every politician gets, you know, stuck for gets stuck with. But no, really, she, first, she felt like something got into the bed with her. And that has been a reoccurring. That's the most current reoccurrence is people feeling like someone's getting in the bed with them or the um, closet door swings open on its own. Now, most people kind of can just brush that one off because it is an older building, building swell, building yeah, create like that one's kind of brushed off, but it gets creepy because the biggest story of all was that basically it was a young wedded couple, and the story is that the bride had asked her groom to go out and get her some pills for her headache. So while he was going out, he got hit either by a carriage or a tram, depending on the story, and she oh. was so distraught she hung herself in the closet. Oh, I was going to ask, why is it hot? Why is that room haunted? Yeah. And that makes sense. If the door opens, if she's hung, like maybe she kicked the door open out of the desperation. You're like, who knows? Oh. Hauntedrooms.com, which is a really cool website I just found out that talks all about haunted mm-hmm. hotels and rooms. Their, their notes include that staff reported seeing blood dripping down the walls, an apparition of a woman in a cloak hovering at the foot of their bed. Uh, apparently there was a young boy who stayed in room 202 and he took a whole bunch of photos. And when he got the photos developed back in the day before digital cameras, mm-hmm. all the photos turned out except the ones in room 202. Really? Yep. 
apparently a woman who's supposed to be associated with that room also haunts the lounge. Lounge. <laughs> the lounge. The lounge. <laughs> the lounge. <laughs> and she can be seen crying in a corner. Now, do we know what her story is? I think it's the same one from room 202. Oh, so she's not haunting one area. She's mm-hmm. haunting the whole hotel. They say a ghost, a ghost of a young woman dressed in a robe walks up and down the hallways, usually the second floor hallway. But like in the... Uh, ghosts have been seen in other places, in other rooms, usually at the foot of the bed. Hmm. Sometimes it's been a man. Sometimes it's been a woman wearing a ball gown. One occasion in 1989, a hotel employee was cleaning the kitchen overnight. He had gone up the back stairway around 4 a.m. and he heard a strange sound coming from the locked dining room. Mm-hmm. So he was like, oh, great. you know." So he immediately went to get the key, goes down to open the door, and witnessed what looked like a figure of a man sat at a table. He ran to get another member of the staff to be like, come see this flash back me up if there's some guy in here mm-hmm. and when they return nothing mm-hmm. gone the current owner also said when she was staying in room 528 she felt a presence of someone getting into bed with her hmm. there's even a tale whether you believe it or not it's for speculation whether it's true or not somebody was cleaning the conference rooms or whatever and left and locked the door came back for some reason and found candles in like a triangle pen is a pentagram? Is a pentagram, yeah. Shape in the conference room, but the door was locked and it couldn't be open. What? Yeah, that was a weird one. That one I don't know how I feel about, but... So, yeah, so this place is apparently, like... And that's always messing with that person. That's what I'm... That one I'm kind of more speculation on, but it's funny because this is... It's hard to get actual evidence, but it's become this urban legend that's just kind of blossomed, and it's all, like, on, like, the TripAdvisor website... You can find some people talking about, like, an uncomfortable presence. Really? Yeah. Now, has paranormal teams ever been there? Have you ever talked about it? Probably. I haven't, I hadn't looked that much into it, just because when I started reading it, I was kind of overwhelmed by how much information there was out there on this. Oh, my gosh. I've never heard of this place. Okay, I have yeah. to check out my book It's now. so many, there's also a lot of really hilarious, like, I stayed in room 202 and this is what happened kind of a thing. They have some oh, really fun. So I'll put up a bunch of links. But yeah, I was fascinated by this. It's like our own mini, so cross between like The Shining and that movie with John Cusack, like Room 1408. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's kind of like a weird combo. Yeah. Although most people sleep in the room just fine. There's uh-huh. also theories that if the ghost likes you, you'll sleep fine. If they don't like you, then you'll, you're the one they kind of annoy. But like, but both women and men are be affected by this yeah. right yeah it's not huh. too specific so because sometimes you know like at some place hauntings like a woman would always bother the males yeah. and then vice versa like the males bother the females yeah so. no it just it, one of queen was like well if they like you they leave you alone if they don't they bug you well, as long as you don't smell cheerios <laughs> right exactly <laughs> you're gonna say like a little kid there there's like there's a <laughs> smell of cheerios. cheerios in the room that's the that's what it gets me it's like oh someone getting into bed with me oh the door opens oh i feel creepier presence then blood on the walls i'm like which one these things is not like but, the other you know what's interesting now that we have more research and like understanding of sleep paralysis i wonder how much this stuff can be actually like that's talked true. To sleep, sleep paralysis. paralysis. that's a good point because this happened to my best friend's brother in their house mm-hmm. and he swore up and down that he felt something get in the bed with him right yeah. and he was sleeping Right. And so now we know sleep paralysis, something does mimic that, that, right? Mm -hmm. So it'd be interesting to know though. Like I'm not, I'm not discounting these people's experiences because I've had some weird experiences, but I can tell I was up and I was awake and I was not sleeping. But now we have more research on sleep paralysis, which is like, 
the sleeping demon. I think that that's what it's known for or right. Nona. I forget what, but yeah, I'd be wondering about that. Mm-hmm. About that too. But there's definitely a lot of like really, like I, as I've been doing the show, I've become more and more skeptic about things. So I'm mm-hmm. kind of hesitant. I don't know how much of this is just. Well, that's why we have that tagline. Yeah. Is histories are haunted, right? Like that's exactly why you want to look into this stuff, it's right? it's so quick to turn into urban legends, but it's really interesting. Like one, one person stayed in the hotel room and their EMF meter was kind of doing a few little things. And then they had the, uh, the thing on your phone that pops up the words. Like ours, this is bacon and wheat all the time. All the time. And every time we have it, I swear... I always crave a BLT every time right. I finish that. I swear. It's just a conspiracy by, like, Wendy's to be like, come on. BLT. It's actually sponsored by Tim Hortons. Tim Hortons. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> but, yeah. So, uh, I'll put up another link. There was these two European tourists, and they brought dousing rods and EMF meters into the room and had... Really? We'll, we'll say modest results, but... <laughs> What's a modest result? Like, she would be saying... They stopped there, talked to the women's group, too. And they asked when were you married, and the rods to, to yes. And then mm-hmm. when, 1910s, 1920s, 1930s, nothing, 1940s, and the rod crossed, yes. I'm not the biggest believer in dousing rods. I think it can be a lot of, like, subconscious pulse twitches. But yeah, so I kind of went off rambling. <laughs> it's okay. But it was just, it's almost overwhelming how literature there is out there. That place I've never heard of. I thought I've heard of most of these places. but So there you go. Huh. Fort Gary, you can stay there. The, I'll look up the rates for you guys later. <laughs> but well, there we yeah. go. So if you guys want to invite us to hey, Fort Gary, you don't have to go to America to stay in the creepy shiny hotel. You can just yeah. go to Fort Gary. We can go there. So maybe this is a little. Uh, maybe we can get an invitation to go spend a night there. We can do our own investigation. There. And you know what? It's they got like yoga and spas in there too. It's not like, yet spas. it's frou frou. I could be like Eloise, and we can just like order like. Get t- you know, like, like, go to room, room service, service and get yes. like pancakes for dinner and waffles oh, for dinner and I like this watch a movie and because the rooms are gorgeous. they're small because it's an older hotel but the rooms are beautiful like it, oh it sounds like in terms like I'm, I'm picturing my head is when we stayed at the Peabody Hotel in Memphis which is again like this beautiful early 1900s hotel that was built mm-hmm. the rooms are small but they're super cute and like oh, so cozy and comfortable. It's and they had like cool. the very like Art Deco pool downstairs. It was awesome. So Ooh. that's on picture right now. Well, so. it's only like three hundred bucks a night. <laughs> only three hundred dollars a night for the cheap rooms. <laughs> oh, sometimes it goes down. Does it, come, does it come with a ghost? Does it, that's the oh, sometimes it goes down to one hundred and fifty nine bucks. But oh, there we go. So yeah, it's also Winnipeg. Dear so. Tourism Manitoba, or no, Manitoba, Manitoba, please send us your. The information. I feel like I didn't say. do the story justice, but I will put up links because there's a lot of really cool No, stuff. I want to look. I love hotels. Yeah. Because they, like, again, remember we were talking about, like, how, like, cemeteries are not haunted, right? right? But places like hotels, hospitals, schools, those places do hold. And just think about how many people stay there. And, like, that's the tragedies thing. have happened there and happy things, like. Both good and bad have happened there. So, like, this energy is just kind of, like, sits in these places. So that's why I wonder when people say they feel like someone getting into the bed with them. I'm like, maybe it's just residual energy. People have slept in that room every night for the past, like, hundred years. Like, well, can you imagine the ghost saying, like, what the hell, man? I was here, like, two seconds ago. Nobody's, why are you in my bed? Like, I'll be right. stop up. I was a ghost. Like, you double booked us again? <laughs> you should talk to the manager, man. You have to be thrown at you. <laughs> That would be funny. Wake up! That's all this is. It's just get out of my bed. I know. I know. Oh, now I'm having images <gasps> of like 
Is it a really, like, Canadianized, friendly version of American Horror Story Hotel? But, like, everyone's <laughs> super Canadian and, like, super friendly. Get out of my bed, eh? And then, you know, like, by the time I get back from Timmy's, you better be out. And the worst thing that happens, like the most dangerous thing happened, you know, sometimes when you take a shower in a hotel, the sun is a water, you get really hot or cold, it's a ghost actually turning it. That would be hilarious. And then, then when they, like, you know, like sometimes, like in the horror movies, and like, something's writing in the steam yes, of the yeah. shower, it'd be like, watch your stepping. <laughs> the light, friendly ghost ghost. The caster, but just more of like like the American Horror Story Canadian version. Like that's what I'm picturing. Just like and I'll walk around tubes. <laughs> well, it's man, it's Manitoba. They're gonna be freezing as I work like, full parka. As I'm wearing my two right now as a record. Oh right? my gosh! Yeah, that's what I'm picturing. That's oh. what I'm picturing. I'm sure this is a very classy hotel. Is like you are never coming on our show now. After coming to our hotel now after your show, but watch us. I totally will. And I'll bring my own box of Cheerios. Okay. <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah. So that is my my oh, story. I like today. this. Yeah. I, I love. I love old hotels. Like I really do. I love. If I have a chance to stay at a new hotel mm-hmm. or an old hotel, no matter what oh. city I go to. Old I hotel. always go to old hotels. That is fair. I, I go back and forth on them. I find a lot of the old hotels now are doing that really modern, like, black, gray, white color scheme in the rooms when they refinish them. And that's just not my yeah my bag, but... I like the hotel that we say, the Hushalinga. That was, was beautiful. Super cute. That was a really nice room. I mean, actually, it had the old keys and everything, too, which was so neat. cool. So. so cool. Huh. I like yeah. it. See, I believe, I truly believe like, a lot of old hotels like that are haunted. I personally, do. I, I really do. Well, you think like people die constantly in hotels. No one talks about it, but it's exactly. a thing that happens just because that's life. Like people die of heart attacks, like of like natural causes yeah. while they sleep, especially mm-hmm. older people or like, yeah. illnesses we may not know of. I, it always surprised me because I worked like just for like six weeks, not a very long time, on cruise ships, and people are like, oh. What happened? I'm like, yeah, there's there has to be somewhere where we can store. There's a lot of uh-huh. like stuff happens. It's not a big deal. It's just a special little area down in the bottom of the boat. Like, not a big deal. But it's a morgue. Like, yeah. It's 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 a traveling morgue. Yeah. I believe in it. Someone else will ask me where did we get off the boat every night? And I'm like, why would we get no? We stay on the boat. They helicopter. <laughs> you get helicopter. Yeah. helicopter. Picks you up and like over here, picks you up and yeah, then takes you to a place. Yep. Oh, but yeah, so there you special go. snowflakes. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what though? I was like, you know what? As, as a kid, they were, as a kid, I could probably see myself thinking that. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, they just get flown to Mexico every night to sleep because oh. my cruise was in Mexico. Anyhow, way off topic. Oh, but that was my story. Yeah, I like it. Thanks, man. Uh, and now because it is the month of October, and not doing the random facts, but I'm doing our monthly or weekly spookology. So for this week's spookology, I'll be talking a bit more about Halloween. So this is like a little bit more of elaborated. So sit back and enjoy our little history and facts of Halloween. So Halloween has a very long and storied past, rich with tradition and lore. Originally, it was known as uh, salmon or salmon. People pronounce the people will read it as am and be like, "What's salmon?" It's actually pronounced salmon. It's still known as Samhain to a lot of people, like I said earlier, about the 
those who study, you know, study, but who practice more of the pagan traditions. It's still very big. Yeah. Um, And in the Celtic festivals, it always marked the end of summer and the beginning of the cool months. The pagans who first celebrated this holiday believe that on Samhain, the veil is the thinnest between the two worlds and that the dead could walk on the earth. So people believe that that's why people like, why is it, you know, October, the yeah. month, because they believe as we're getting approaching closer to Halloween, this veil has been getting thinner and thinner every day, which is very cool. That is very cool. Sorry, I'm just thinking of that episode of The Simpsons where the Dracula... Frankenstein and the werewolf come out into Springfield and it's Halloween night and they're walking around like it's no big deal <laughs> yeah. and then their wives come. Sorry, that's all I... <laughs> when the veil's thin between the worlds, sorry. Well, during when you watch Hocus Pocus when the virgin with the black candle has to be on Samhain, that's right? right? That's true. Because that's the veil that's So from the late 16th century, the festival included, it's called mummying and gussying, which is funny, <laughs> which involved people going out house to house in costumes or disguises Usually reciting verses or songs in exchange for food. Oh, that's nice. Uh huh. So now we fast forward to modern times in North America. Mm-hmm. We kind of tradi- you know carry this tradition here. It may have originally been tradition where people impersonated. It's called now. It's called Ishi or Ishi. I'm not too sure if this pronounced. It's a Gaelic. I'm sorry if I just totally butchered that. I am so sorry. Or the souls of the dead and receive offerings of, on behalf. So impersonating these beings or wearing disguises is also believed to protect oneself from these spirits mm. and other entities, if you want to say. So it's actually suggested that the mummer, because the mummers and the gussiers provide the old spirits of the winter and who demanded reward and again, exchange for good fortune. Well, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Now, this is cool. So the, the costumes and of gussing up or gussing and like what you, how you want to pronounce it, mummying, at Halloween in North America it was first recorded in 1911 in a newspaper in Kingston, Ontario. Oh, that's cool. I know. How cool is that? that? Is a lot later than I thought it would be. Uh-huh. Very cool. And reported children were going gussing around the neighborhoods. So to get to That's so cute. So to go get us. Like, look that's at us awesome. being, you know. So, yeah, the first well-known, um, well recorded person, actually, the children, were in Kingston, Ontario. That's awesome. I know. So Another reason why Kingston's super cool. So, yeah, that's my history about spookology for this month. That's really cool. Yay. So, obviously, next time we, well, I also, I'll continue with our uh, random Canadian facts, but that was like a little bit of Canadian facts and uh, a, little ha- a little Halloween. So. I like it. Enjoy. So, I'm excited because I'm going to be talking about the Mackenzie House. Now, the Mackenzie House, you and I have been trying to go forever. I've been there for, and we've like been there for yeah. school trips, and we've been there for different things. Mm-hmm. It's this beautiful old stone house right downtown Toronto. Gorgeous. So the Mackenzie House was built in 1830 for the first mayor of Toronto, which is funny because the city itself was not even incorporated in the city until 1834. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this 18-style townhouse sits between the mixture of old and new buildings and, like I said, the heart of downtown Toronto. Like yeah, it's right down there. You have, like, the Massey Halls down the street from there. You have Eaton Center. Like, it's literally right in the heart. Like, St. Michael's, Theater, uh, St. Michael's Hospital. Yeah, it's right, right down downtown. There. So, the history, brief history. I'm going to be talking a little bit about Will and Lyme McKenzie, so people who may not know who he is. So, Will and Mike Kenzie was known to be more American than English, and was born, I know, 
Which is inter- interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. And he was actually born on the same day as Chris. Oh, that's kind of funny. Except 1795. Yeah, not this. Yeah. Yeah. Unless your husband's okay. a vampire. But I wouldn't put a pastor on <laughs> Exactly. <but. laughs> um, he was born on March 12, 18... I'm sorry, 1785. I was going to 1885. No, 1795. He was a Scottish-born Canadian American journalist and politician. He had a newspaper called The Colonial Advocate. It was a, a weekly political journal published in Upper Canada during the 1820s and the 30s. For those of you who are American, Upper yeah. Canada is Ontario. Ontario, exactly. Thank you. It was first published in 1814, sorry, is that May 18, 1824, and the journal frequently attacked the upper Canadian aristocrats known as the Family Compact, which governed the provinces. Oh my gosh, I haven't heard of Family Compact since I was in school, and I apologize to my Amer- to our American friends who uh, that came off a little condescending, didn't mean it to you. <laughs> no, but it's true, a lot of people don't know, especially yeah. for younger audience members who may not know if they yeah. haven't studied the early history until grade five or so when you yeah. start learning about this family combat though that's bringing me back wow okay <laughs> so william's strong views on the political equality and clean government drove him out to outright the rebellion of 1837 which we did hear a lot about if you go downtown falls and we yeah. did hear about this after the career as a mayor of toronto in the colonial legislative assembly of upper canada which again is ontario he led the 1837 upper Canada Rebellion during the Bitter and and had a, up to a small rebellion enclave named Republic of Canada, where he served as a president on December 13th, 1837 to January 14th, 1838. After the period of exile in the States, he returned to Canada and served as an elected member of the Legislative Assembly of the Province of Canada from 1851 to 1858. Mm-hmm. So he respected the rebellious, uh, the rebellious Americans, and wasn't shy about it. And he was not, did never hold back about it. So no. just seven years after his house built, he uh, led the biggest rebellion in Canada history, gathering militia and supporters to try to overthrow the Canadian, uh, the English rule. And unfortunately, he failed with that. Yeah. So he fled. He made chase out of Canada with his men into Buffalo, where he was given assignment on the old. Called that Old Navy. It's called Navy Island. Not Old Navy. Not to be mistaken with the company, <laughs> the sweaters. It's called Navy Island. He renamed the island to the New Republic of Canada, <laughs> and he began his plans for another invasion, which never happened. No. And Mackenzie just eventually gave up. So. He was a character for sure. Yes, he was. He lived in the states for years, and but people in Toronto really did like him as a mayor because of what he stood for and what he did, mm-hmm. and so. Missing Canada for what it, you know, what it stood for and just believing in the people. He actually came back to Canada and, um, yeah, until basically he said, because the people of Toronto at the time, Upper Canada, were very, were getting fed up with the British rule and just yeah. how, the, you know, how corrupt it was. So they tried to bring him back to see if he can help somewhat stabilize it. Mm-hmm. So he, sorry, Mackenzie returned to Toronto and he worked there into the old age and he actually, like I said, he was a... A journalist, so he did have a publication, like I said earlier. So when he did come back from Toronto, he did yeah. continue to work on his publications. So he retired in 1861. He did die on August 28th. And about mm, 12 years later, his wife died in the house as well. So mm-hmm. both him and his wife did die in this house. Now, they had apparently 12 kids and only six of them did survive Ooh. past adulthood, which is sad. So this is cool. So for those who may not know about the Canadian history, 
so we have Will and Lyme McKenzie, and we also have Will and um, Will and uh, Lyme McKenzie King. Yeah. So his great grandson, who's the tenth president as a prime minister, prime minister, not prime minister, the premier of Canada. He was actually a big believer of the paranormal. He was. I was wondering if you were going to mention yes, that. Yes, yes. Yeah. He was a big believer of the paranormal. He actually ran seances <laughs> with mediums inside the Laurier House in Ottawa, and also when he was visiting in London. Oh. So he actually pre-conducted like all these seance, like seances. Yeah, he was and all he, about that. Jazz. Yeah, he was huge. So again, guys, this is like during the whole spiritual movement. So mm-hmm. he had a lot of people, especially Toronto had like a lot of like a spiritual movement too going on. But he never really associated himself as a spiritualist mm-hmm. and never actually assigned himself to believe like to belong to a spiritual church either. No, he had that kind of. No, he did like he's like, you know, until he died, he was like, you know, he was, you know, very religious, but he really had, you know, a strong footing in the spiritual movement. Yeah, they just kind of kept it in the back door, kind of an he ask, kind of ask, kept it back. Don't ask, don't tell. Don't, exactly, exactly. Yeah. But it was interesting because when he did conduct these seances, he I was like, "You want to say seance now?" I'm sorry, it's, 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 it's gone in my head. I think I need to trademark this. I was just like, I have like picture every time oh. I hear seance, like I just picture like Beyonce just sitting there with a glass, like, you know, crystal ball again. <laughs> You know, with that flown hair and the bandanas and like amazing and music and like yeah. those, those beads. Yeah, you know, like the beads. beads. Yeah, those Always. beads. So he would actually he was he was claimed to like making contact about his political career, and okay. he'd actually like, ask the spirits about his career and things like that. So he actually believed or not believed, but he he yeah. took advice and he contacted people, the famous people, actually Roosevelt. Franklin D. Roosevelt, which was one of his good friends, he actually got information with him, contacted him, Sir Wilfred Laurier, his mother, his brothers, and his sisters, wow. apparently. So That's he cool. I, didn't claimed, know, I knew he talked to his mom, but didn't realize. Yeah. And a couple That's other cool. people, too. I don't want to mention all because a lot of them, like, be, like, irrelevant. But, like, yeah. everybody knows who Roosevelt is and yeah. Laurier, right? So, like, these are claim to fame political people mm-hmm. in the realm. So, he actually had contact with them. Interesting. And it's like I said to me, which I found it very interesting is that he actually did use them as a source of, uh, you know, advice for his career. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's an so, interesting cat. Exactly. He is an interesting cat. And so one of, actually one of the articles when I did read about this is that he did have this medium he was working with, but she was actually debunked. And again, because we know there was a lot of people who did play. Yeah. On this whole notion of, you know, the spiritual movement. And a lot of these people did really play on the vulnerable yeah, people, which was, like, horrible. Like, this, yeah. you know, the charlatans, right? So she was a charlatan, and this psychiatrist actually debunked her. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. So now I'm going to get back into the nitty-gritty. So <laughs> this place is very cool. I've been there around Halloween when they do this kind of like open tour, kind of like at nighttime. Mm. And so this place is like a sense, it's a cool old stone house. And it's cool because when you go there at nighttime, it's got a different vibe than it does during the day. Right. Cause during the day it's run as a school kind of like education. Yeah. Center. It's a museum. But when you go at nighttime, man, what a different vibe it is. And all the place was lit by candles. Oh, beautiful. which was cool. Right. So in the 1940s, the house became a museum. 
And then in 1950s, caretakers, caretakers, why is that word hard? Caretakers, and I guess the docents who actually took care of the property actually lived there at the time. So this is 1950, so it's like not too long ago. So people actually worked there, actually lived there as well. So they worked and lived on the grounds. So one of the caretakers, Miss Edmund, claimed that she was woken up one day by someone touching her shoulder. So she was sleeping and dead asleep and something was touching her oh, shoulder. Oh, creepy. She woke up again. She was the only person that sleep, you know, staying there. Mm-hmm. When she opened her eyes, she noticed there was a lady bent over looking at her. And yeah. And then as she kind of like came about to like realize like, Ooh, like mm-hmm. somebody's there, this person vanished. Like this figure, this lady actually just vanished in front of her eyes. Oh, what an awful thing. I know. So me. she got touched and it's like, Hey lady, wake up. So like, okay, hey, First of all, do not wake me up when I'm sleeping, right? Yeah. Don't poke me when I'm sleeping. Like, it's worse. When, like, it's bad enough when my cat wakes me up for, like, right. deep fed. <laughs> but to be poked, you know, to be woken up, and then just like, oh, my bad. Never mind. And just leave. <laughs> not cool. So she was not happy. Obviously, this happened. A few weeks later, same thing happened to Miss Edmund where she was woken up. Mm-hmm. She opened her eyes. She saw the figure this time to be slapped across the face. Oh she was actually physically like, slapped, slapped across the face. It was so devastating for this lady. She actually talked to somebody. It was actually recorded in a newspaper. And this was like published all over Canada. Like all the oh newspapers all over Canada published the story about her physical attack by this entity. <laughs> somebody else sleepwalking. Right? But just like, just slap. But like, I'm thinking to me, I'm like, okay, can this be... Isabella, like Mackenzie, like just like pissed off that like that servants are sleeping. Like, hey, wake up! Why are you sleeping? Boom! And we just like the team, my computer, but just like getting angry, smacking her. But it doesn't know. say who it was. Yeah, it, it just, just says this figure, this lady looming over her and then slapping her. <laughs> just rude. Just like poor lady. It's like come yeah. on, like. I- even if it was, like, a weird nightmare that seems super realistic, like, that sucks. She actually got slapped across that face. Like, the like apparently this goes, yeah. like, like I'm, like, total butch slap. Like, just had her hand and just came up. in, just wound her up, and just smacked her right across the face. Not even tap, smack. So, I had all these visions in my head, and I was laughing. I don't mean <laughs> to be laughing, make light of it, but just, yeah. like, oh, my gosh. Like, well, it's not something that you expect to hear, like... If you get, you expect like to be poked, someone sitting there behind you, staring at you menacingly. You don't expect to get like smacked across. Okay, the sleep paralysis thing where you feel like something sit on your chest. Yeah. one thing. But when you're actually being woke up and you actually get slapped across the face, is something completely different. It's so weird. So it makes me, you know, makes me think like, is this like a poltergeist? Because usually they cause stuff like that. Like a ghost doesn't really slap people. <laughs> <laughs> they just fold your laundry. They fold your laundry, right? And then leave you encrypted notes in the mirror. Why'd you stay up, eh? So man. it's cool that this actually story was actually published in the 1960s yeah. in the newspapers all over Canada. That's cool. So the house downstairs, so I said the levels of this house is an old townhouse. Mm-hmm. Downstairs, they actually have the old pressing machines, like this old oh, printing presses. Cool. So if you guys know how they look like. So if you ever been to Black Creek Pioneer Village or any yeah. of those like old historic like pioneer places, like they actually have the old newspapers and how they were done. You know, these things are heavy. Yeah, they're not light. They're not light. Like, they Don't let that musical newsies fool you. That takes a lot of work to put those things. Exactly, right? So, like, these things, like, it was, like, a heavy hand press, and you would actually have to, like, use a lot of power to, like, turn them. 
apparently people would hear this, like people would be upstairs and they hear this thing cranking. No. Yeah. And a lot of the, the staff have heard this thing close it up in the middle of the night when they're like locking up and they heard that this, like it's a loud, like click clank. Like you just hear this loud. Yeah. It's not a quiet machine. Yeah. Not a quiet machine. And it's pretty heavy. And then you will hear that. That's so, what, so what do you do as a staff member at that point? Do you just like, yeah, I'm out. Uh, I, or do you go down and look? Well, so some people have like curious people have yeah. actually gone to look and they go down there and like nobody's down there. Cause a lot of times they think, Oh, maybe it's an, like, they'd be like, maybe somebody was yeah. slapped, like, was say behind a tour yeah. and they go down and there was nobody there. And again, it's not a very large house. Yeah. The stairs are like an old wooden house, like the stairs. And you can hear every single step of like, mm-hmm. I, if a mouse were to walk up the stairs, you, you can actually hear it. So you would hear the footsteps easily. And I wonder if anything was ever printed out though. I don't know. And that'd be interesting to find out. Yeah. Now, that being said. So people, like different, you know, staff members will be like mm. upstairs or downstairs, especially by the kitchen. And again, it's a pretty, you know, narrow stairs. You can hear things like yeah. kind of loud. You actually hear a cricket up the stairs going up and there's nobody else there. That's so creepy. Yeah. Yeah. So like if you're like downstairs or upstairs and all of a sudden you hear like, like you, I would freak out. Like that yeah. would freak out. Because again, it doesn't take a lot of pressure to make a sound but you can actually hear it's not like the new steps now where like you can you can't tell and yeah. you're like oh yeah sometimes people think like, it's an old house it's mm-hmm. settling no there's a difference between a house is settling but when you hear stairs like something stepping on the stairs and you hear the you know that creaking sound that yeah. is creepy that is cool so a lot of staff members have actually heard that another thing a piano that again plays on its own and again this is not this old-fashioned you know, kind yeah, of wide piano they will actually hear the piano playing on its own. Another one too. So interesting thing, one of my former students, mm-hmm. her mom was telling me once upon a time, she was there with a friend. They went there for a tour and it was just the two of them. And they're walking by one of the rooms and she felt like she said, hands grab her ankle. She said she actually felt cold fingers touch her ankle. Oh, She said it was in the summertime too, right? She yeah. goes, it was in the summertime. This place doesn't have, like, you know, like, the air vents like we have now. No. But actually felt something grab her ankle. Oh, no. In this location. Oh, that's yeah. so creepy. So, it's interesting that people have different ones. Another time, again, this place is held at this museum. Mm-hmm. So, they hold, like, a lot of, like, historical and, like, a lot of educational programs there. Mm-hmm. This teacher, who was, like, I guess, you know, an educational teacher or, like, you know, museum docent who was running a program for kids said that, you know, she was writing on the blackboard and she said something went whipped across, like a chalkboard, like whipped across and something fell or something like that. Yeah. She turned around, like she whipped around and she saw this chalkboard on the ground. She's asking the little girl, I'm like, did you throw that? Why would you yeah. throw that? The little girl was adamant. She goes, I did not throw that. And this girl's like in the verge of tears, like swearing up and down. It was not her, but something was thrown across. Weird. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing that people have claimed. Another one where this lady said that she saw something walking like across and like a shadow, mm-hmm. but she walked by and was, Oh, it's her shadow. Which she saw in the, yeah. in the window or sorry, rather in the mirror, but then she heard a clank sound and it was a door closing downstairs and there was nobody else around there. Weird. So something like she yeah, probably did by. see something walk by that was her, but it wasn't her. And then she heard right after she heard like, the clank of the door closing. That's creepy. So, yeah, so this is like the little, uh, little bit of the history. So a lot of people have had different stories there. Historical tours, like, and ghost tours have been there. Like, 
the Toronto Ghost Walks have gone there. Our friends Steph from Haunted Hamilton has been there. Mm-hmm. So a few things have happened there before. EVPs have been caught there. So it's got a lot of history. Oh, but again, right. not a lot of deaths, but two major deaths did happen there. Well, especially if they're doing seances and using... Well, I, it'd be interesting to find... To, to know. Oh, an interesting thing. So funny yeah. to say that. So apparently when the house was donated to this city... Mm-hmm. They were asked to do an inventory of what was there. Like, all, yeah, that makes sense. All the stuff. That's all the, the stuff house. was there. And apparently, this is a funny thing. I'm trying to find this. If I can find it. This is a cool thing. So they said when they were doing the inventory of the house, they said that, oh, yeah. So the 1960, the house was donated to the city of Toronto. Mm-hmm. Our request an inventory of all the items that were in the house was taken. At the bottom of the list was written one ghost. Was right at the bottom That's of cute. the inventory. Like they're saying, like, you know, the piano, the yeah. press, the blah, blah, blah. And it goes, and it goes, and one goes. That's cute. Which is really cute. Now, apparently, after that, a deacon was called oh, to do no. a blessing of the house. That's hilarious. Because people back in the day were superstitious. Yeah. But again, this is like, what, 50 years ago? So, like, I don't know how much superstition was. Like, That's you know, we have more really science based facts. So people are actually freaked out and they actually call it to, like a, a deacon to bless that's the house. So. Probably needs it though. I know. I know. So that's my story of that Kenzie house. so cool. This place is super cool, guys. Okay. As a teacher and like, you know. I'm just laughing. The next time you take a class or you're going to be in the corner of like your EMF. <laughs> True. Okay. Like, no. Yeah, yeah. Pay attention, guys. Yeah. Bacon. <laughs> Wheat. <laughs> Cheerios. <laughs> Nope, that's just one of my kids. <laughs> What's happening? And I love about these places, especially the downstairs. Actually, if you go at certain times, it's super yeah. cool. The kitchen makes like like shortbread cookies, oh, and they make like era like food, Aaron. which I do love. That's so cool. It's like Dunder and Castle when you go like during the March break, and the kitchen makes like cookies and like cider and stuff like that. Well, I always so, remember when I went to Spadina House in class trip when I was a kid. Oh, one of the activities you got to help prepare for tea. So I got to help make like cucumber sandwiches and it was like the coolest experience ever. That's like, a side note. Black Creek Pioneer Village, which by the way, in Black Creek Pioneer Village people, you can actually take like these like not workshops, but you can actually take like apprenticeship jobs there. That's so cool. So you can do wool making, you can do print making, all that stuff. Yeah. That's super neat. So my best friend and I were like hardcore, like nerding out. We were thinking of doing it. Oh gosh, that'd be kids. amazing. I know. So one thing I've remembered about Black Creek Pioneer Village yeah. was that during like, you know, obviously we were learning different things. We mm. got to learn how to dip the candles and making the candles was my favorite thing that to do. That was so fun. When I went to, okay, I'm such a nerd. I went to Pioneer Day Camp out in Port Perry when I was a kid. And that was such the coolest thing. I saw, I had those candles forever. I'm, I'm so mad my parents oh never put me Uh Anyhow, but oh I know. God. Now we're just going to go and make like, like the, the apple head dolls and like <gasps> yeah, the corn heads doll, right? We That's what I learned. Did yeah. Oh my God. We'll get the oranges that. and put the cloves in it and we'll just keep doing it. For Christmas, Actually. Victorian Christmas clothes, yeah. <gasps> oh. We just turned this into a whole new show. I know. <laughs> <laughs> we're a, can you tell we're to the Victorian era right now? We're in like we're in the mode of like Samhain and Halloween right now in the Victorian mode. So anyhow, so yeah. thank you. That for- was really cool. Mm-hmm. So I do recommend if you have a chance, do go check out the Mackenzie House. Yeah, I haven't been there, I don't think, ever. Oh, super cool. We gotta go there. I probably have, but that's I don't on our places i would love to do an investigation there yeah that'd be cool it's good it's good because it's not that big so mm-hmm. you don't have a lot of area to follow but you do have enough history you do have enough like stories yeah and it'd be cool to back up right and to go into ourselves and again 
this is why we do this podcast. Is it haunted or is it history, right? That's we good. Actually cool. go to a place as ourselves and actually experience ourselves because that'd be so cool. That's neat. And if not, we'll just go make some cookies. Anyhow. Maybe print some, you know, newspapers and newspaper. off we go. Oh, cool. <laughs> make some Christmas cards. Yeah. Anyhow, guys, thank you for joining us again. I hope mm-hmm. you guys did learn a bit about the cool community history. Yeah. And like I said, is it haunted? Is it history? You decide. And until then, stay spooky. And happy Halloween, guys. Bye. Bye.